0: Come with me, all on a journey through my head I've seen it all Young and old, all alone Struggle to forget My everyday, oh, in the mind of a medic. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to A Medic's Mind. Now, before we get right into it, because, you know, the title's probably got you quite curious, and I promise you it's not as bad as you think it is. So what's to deal with politics anyway? You know, one guy says one thing, and then another guy says something else. Huh? Hey, I'm right. No, I am. Oh, well, I guess we're both right then. It's a little, I'm sure it's going to be a little contentious and uncomfortable for some, but it's not quite as um, pointed as you may think. Uh, But before we get into all that, how are you? Hopefully you're doing well. I'm doing okay. Uh, not, I'm kind of feeling a little bit under the weather. Not really sure what's going on symptom-wise. You know, uh, I'm a little dizzy. Woke up the other night kind of dizzy. Kind of been dizzy for the past three or four days. General malaise, things like that. Yeah. What's the matter? I have a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. It's not a tumor. It's possible, not probable, but possible. But probably not. Uh, Yeah. So before we get right into the uh, episode itself and to the meat and potatoes, this whole thing, uh, just a reminder, my book is available on Amazon. It is now solely owned by me. Um, I stepped away from my publishing house and uh, retained the rights to my book and have re-released it on Amazon. Um, So now it'll say independently published. Uh, All you have to do is go there and search for A Medic's Mind and it should come right up. Uh, you will still see the other book on Amazon cause they don't take books down, you know, it takes a while. So, uh, yeah, you're going to see my book, uh, up there, but you're also going to see, uh, the winter tickle press version of it, but you won't be able to order that one. It'll just say out of stock and won't really give you the option to order it. Uh, but you can order mine. Um, so if you come across the other one, um, just go ahead and search for a medic's mind and it should come up with mine, or you could search my name and that should also come up with, uh, with mine. As well. So yeah, uh, it's out there. It's available for pickup. If you have already ordered a copy, maybe consider ordering one for a friend. I would appreciate your guys' support. It means a lot to me. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, ha huh, man, it's deeply humbling. I had somebody reach out to me the other day, uh, saying that they would like me to do some, uh, like zoom speaking engagement, uh, with their paramedic service. And, uh, I'm pretty excited about that. It sounds very interesting to me. Um, I would definitely be down for something like that. I think that'd be a really cool opportunity. So I'll keep you guys posted on that and seeing uh how things go on that front. Um, but yeah, okay. I guess we're gonna get I guess we're gonna get right into it. You guys are probably curious about uh this uh this podcast. It's not every day you hear a podcast uh, entitled, you know, uh-oh, politics. <laughs> I mean it's such a contentious issue that uh, you know, it's pretty scary to To kind of talk about. But um, I think in today's climate, I mean, when you exist online, it's seemingly impossible to evade the splash of debris caused by partisan politics. Now, this podcast specifically is not a political podcast. I've never wanted it to be, I've never pushed for it to become one. But that being said, I reference my first point it's seemingly impossible to evade the debris. Now, why would I say that? What does my proclamation reside on, right? What basis do I have for saying that? Well, on a subjective notice, uh, as a writer, it's my job to, you know, write, but it's also my job to send out my work in hopes that it'll be picked up and read and marked and merited, then placed accordingly. And um, in an ideal existence, that would be how things are. However, in today's world, it's, it's truly not. Over the past several months, I've come across a mounting torrent of prerequisites to be adhered to, prior to even being able to submit the work. Now, every publishing house has their rules and requirements, and it is their right to have that. Most, however, demand that those requirements be based on the body of work, not the person submitting it. I can list to you at least nine well-known and many more lesser-known publications from both Canada and the U.S. whose latest requirements demand that the author or the owner of the IP being submitted be a member of at least one of these groups, LGBTQ+, BIPOC, Black, female, or indigenous, which is ironic because that's covered under BIPOC, so I, I don't know why they feel the need to add the other. Um, And and prior to continuing on, uh, I'll refer back to my earlier points. A publishing house has the right to demand any requirements they wish, within legal standing, of course. But the issue here comes in the form that these requirements, these prerequisites, are solely based on current narrative-laden promulgation in hopes of engendering sales. And again, it's their right, but it doesn't really make sense to me. I have a hard time computing it. Because a lot of what they're trying to get out of this, a lot of what they're trying to, or at least what they're trying to say they want out of this stuff, is to give voices to the lesser known. Which, again, doesn't really make a lot of sense because there are plenty of authors out there that are not, you know, cis white, whatever, right? I, I just, There's plenty of works that you can suss out, plenty of great authors, plenty of—majority of the people that are winning uh, literary um, recognition on CBC— are definitely not from this this white male community, um, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing that they have to be from that. But what I'm saying is that when you have your your requirements for even submitting a manuscript based solely upon color, it blows me away. You know, I don't understand how 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 some su- such a progressive movement or idea uh, is is based so heavily upon the most superficial element of being a human being to me that makes no sense you know you're you're forgoing works from other very likely ta- and and likely very talented authors in the name of progressivism and in my opinion basing merit to someone based on nothing other than genetics and identity is is hardly a way forward in my opinion it's a really it, it, it's it's more of a precipitous step backwards We've seen what happens when people are categorized and put into groups and then have those groups ranked by way of subjective virtue. It leads nowhere forward. We know that we've seen that there is tangible evidence out there. There are there are tangibles that we can that we can look to whether you are left-leaning or right-leaning and we can see the the harmful ramifications of of doing that. And yet here we are in a, a seemingly innocuous world of literature and and this is being done very heavily you know narrative is one thing for sure but facts should also and always supersede that of story and you may be asking yourself at this particular point well how the hell does any of this relate to a medic's mind other than the fact that you're a writer how does any of this relate to being a paramedic and how does any of this help paramedics as a whole i don't get it uh what's up matt well don't worry i'm getting there okay um uh, but before I do uh, an anecdote to help me get in there, a segue if you will, my former publisher once asked me why I feel so strongly about certain politics and why I feel the need to voice them online or engage within discourse about contentious topics And my answer at the time was somewhat lacking and by that I mean I was very meek and mild in my response because uh, you know it was like diplomatic, you know I worried about what my publisher would think and how they would view me. And I wanted the working relationship to be um, cohesive and symbiotic. I wanted it to be to be good, and so I, I gave a very sort of uh, one-sided, one one-dimensional answer, and that was ultimately doing a disservice to myself and my morals, because the true answer of why I dislike the rhetoric um, that that's in current placement by a lot of mainstream and a lot of. Uh, fringe um, ideologues is that uh, movements such as defund the police. And my dog's barking upstairs. I don't know if you can hear that. Uh, <laughs> movements such as defund the police, okay, um, is is such a dangerous notion because it's it's literally steeped in nothing other than fallacy, you know, false falsehoods. When, when you contextualize the reality of policing to the, to the numbers of policing, you'll see that these these stories that are heavily promulgated by the media are, are very isolated incidents. There's is no widespread incident here. I mean, if, if you, it's just to look at numbers alone, okay? The defund the police movement. Okay. Edmonton Police Service. We're going to take Edmonton because that's where I worked. Okay. So we're going to take the Edmonton Police Service. The Edmonton Police Service per annum responds to over 100,000 calls a year as a whole. Okay, over 100,000 calls for service a year. Majority of those calls involve the mentally unwell. Majority of those calls involve the mentally unwell. And you hear about a fraction of a percentage of them. You maybe hear of three, maybe five calls a year out of that 100,000. That's a 0.0 percentage of calls and the way the media would have you believe it is that this is a hugely systemic uh pervasive issue that's facing the police they need better mental health training in my opinion police are mental health experts they are mental health professionals now i'm not saying that on par with that of psychologists or um psychotherapists or anything that's not what i mean i'm saying within their field and the people that they work uh you know the clientele they have the people they interact with with majority of them being mentally unwell or having some mental health um element to the call and they're able to majority of the time run the call peacefully and and without escalation and without injury to either police officer or the public or the person th- themselves you know it's it's, it's so infuriating to me because when, when my publisher asked me this, why does it bother you so much? Because I've seen firsthand when I was working as a paramedic, I've witnessed it firsthand, the real world ramifications of these false assertions. I've seen with my own eyes, I've, I've seen, I've, felt, I've fallen victim to it. A lot of times people would think that paramedics, because we show up in dark uniforms too, they would think that we are police. And they would treat us accordingly that way. They would attack us sometimes. And for no other reason other than the fact that we we're policing, we'd hear things like, you know, "fuck the police, pigs, get off my land, you fucking racists," whatever rhetoric they wanted to use at the particular. That's what we'd fall victim to. That's what we'd, what we would hear. We'd have people videotaping us with their with their cell phones. I guess videotape doesn't make sense, but they they would record us with their cell phones when we would do calls in public. And uh, I remember one call in particular. Is at a bus shelter in uh, in the south side of Edmonton. There was a homeless gentleman who had uh, been found with his pants down around his ankles, covered in urine and feces, and unresponsive. And so they called us, and myself and my partner, we arrived, and it ended up being that the individual had had a seizure, likely due to alcohol withdrawal. Uh, Now, the thing about seizures is that a lot of times when a person is coming back from a seizure, they're known as postictal, okay? This is an element of being very confused and disassociated with the current situation and surroundings and a lot of times that results in being combative and it doesn't matter they're purposely trying to be combative it's their body and their brain's way of trying to survive they may not purposely be doing it it has nothing to do with the fact that my name is matt and i'm wearing a dark uniform or you know, my partner Bill is there and it has nothing to do with the fact that we look like cops or whatever. It just has to do with the fact that this person's body and brain are trying to survive. And so they go into fight or flight mode, which is instinctual. It's innate. It's within us. Okay. It's how we've survived this long as a species. And it looks very bad to the untrained eye or through the gape of of a camera lens, a cell phone. And so when we get there and this guy's fighting us and they see us along with fire, uh, manhandling this guy, putting our hands on him, trying to stop him. it looks very bad. And so we get yelled at. People are calling us racists. You wouldn't do that if he was white. You wouldn't do that. You know, if that was chick, you wouldn't be doing that. You know, all these uh, crazy, crazy nonsensical assertions. Because I'll tell you right now, I've been attacked by women. And we've had to do the same thing when they've when they're either diabetic or or seizure patients or whatever or you know drug induced psychosis whatever the case is we do what we can to tie down these people to protect them and yet it doesn't look that way to the untrained eye but the untrained eye is the one that makes the the uh, you know the court of public opinion they are the ones they're the judge juries and executioners okay and and that is why. I felt the need so strongly to talk out a lot of times when it came to seeing these these things online, seeing these promulgations online about police being defunded and police needing better training. Sure, the police can always use better training. Their job is always evolving, much like the paramedic job or the firefighter. It's always evolving. So there's no shortage and should never be a cessation of of training. Training should be an ongoing thing. I'm all for it. You know, I'm all for it. I'm all for police reform. That, you know, the job does need to change with the times, and I'm all for that. And I think majority of police officers are for that as well. But that's not what's being promulgated. What's being promulgated is that police as a whole are systemically racist, which is just completely inane when you look at the context of which these calls are taking place and you look at the numbers that go along with them. It is completely inane. It is baseless and factless and that we have mainstream media outlets that push and promulgate this stuff. And it has real-world consequence. Case in point, the Dallas officers that were shot and killed by Black Lives Matter protesters for no other reason than just being cops. Okay? Real-world consequences. Real people are dying because of these things. And here here I am being questioned by my, my publisher as to why it's so important to me. And I never said that it's because I've seen the real world ramifications. I never gave her these things. And even if I did, I don't think it would have gone anywhere. And the reason that I say that, the reason that I say that is is because, you know, when when we talked, when she, when she asked me about this, um, you know, it came from a place of, you know, hey, you know, your book's getting ready to come out. Uh, you, know, you, you know, you might alienate some people. There was never any mention of me being alienated or feeling alienated or ganged up on. Because in today's current climate, I am known as a cis white privileged male. That's just, that's who I am. My background, the things that my family and I have been through don't matter. And even when they get brought up to go, well, that's not really what privilege is. The goalposts consistently move when you argue with the ideologues that promulgate this kind of stuff. You know, when the reality is their assertions and their their blind rhetoric have real world implications not remarking on them and allowing them to sail by unchecked and unchallenged doesn't make them any less potent in fact if you ask me it fosters insidious Mm. growth of these things you only need to look at the mainstream media or cast eyes in the infinite number of online videos depicting violence coupled with the aforementioned rhetoric to validate what I'm saying uh, you can touch this this is not just me saying things you can go and see this stuff for yourself just by typing something into a search bar you know and, uh, and, and when, when my publisher came to me to talk to me about this, uh, or my previous publisher came to me to, to talk to me about this stuff, um, I was the only one on her docket. I was the only one on, uh, on their docket. I was the only one on their, their current, uh, roster that would ever be spoken to about political issues. I was the only one who ever, was ever asked about why I posted this. Can I take this down? Can I change that? Can I change this word? Maybe I just shouldn't say that. Hey, maybe you should just talk to me instead, instead of posting it online. But none of my posts were racist or bigoted or anything of of the sort. They merely were in rebuke of current social narrative. But yet people that attacked me who were also represented by the same publisher went by unchecked. Unquestioned and and no cessation of their posts no cessation of them saying horrible things to me I had one person tell me they used to think I was a good person but I'm dangerously close to to being seen as a horrible person simply because I didn't call Donald Trump a racist. Because they asked me point blank to call him one and I said no I'm not doing it because I'm not going to bow down and call somebody something just because you want to feel validated in your opinion and your view I'm not going to do that show me the evidence and I'll I'll happily call out racism all right I, I think racism is abhorrent I think it's absolutely inane and terrible but I think that the assertion of white privilege is racist okay that's where i fall in i don't i don't i don't sit and change the definition of racism to fit the narrative racism has been long-standing it's been around for a long time again it is tangible and there's tangible uh pieces of, of historical evidence that we can pick up and use and there's also today and today's standards uh that we can pick up and show as racism but they're not viewed as racism because well it's being done to a different group of people under the guise of oppression which is just it's just insane you know you can have as many statistical and factual backings as you like and you will be called a bigot or racist or phobic and I think that's crazy and the reason that that I bring this up is is that how far do you think the world of mental health would would be today how far do you think it would be if we allowed narrative to drive the conversations as opposed to fact. Because the, the narratives used to be he's he's weak or she's weak. They can't handle it. They're unwell. They're sick. They're cuckoo. You know? Shell shock, right? Back in World Wars One, World War II. You know? They're 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 not tough. They're not gritty like the rest. I just can't hack it. You know, all these dangerous, terrible. Stereotypes that we've seen the dangers of, imagine them going unchecked and unquestioned and unchallenged. The way we the way we refuse to challenge the current narrative of things. And when there is interjections of challenges towards those things, when there is discourse presented, right? Uh dissenting viewpoints put into play, they're immediately invalidated by way of racist, bigot, homophobe, transphobe, whatever phobe you want to use, that's what happens. So if we use the same mentality when it comes to mental health, when we use the same mentality when it comes to first responders who are coming out and speaking about the stuff they go through, when they're talking about the issues they face and the hardships they're going through on the job, and we allow the same narrative that was back in the day used in current climate because we refuse to challenge it, then we're going to hear things like, well, you know, you haven't you haven't been doing the job long enough to be affected by it. Well, you know, if you can't hack it, don't do it. Well, you knew what you were signing up for. Yeah, you knew that this was part of your job so on and so forth and so forth and then we we see we see already even with the 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 massive strides that we've made in the mental health field with respect to first responders and veterans how many suicides are still ongoing imagine if we are still living in an age where people are completely invalidated you know by way of being considered weak and inept and un- incapable just imagine that for a second it's horrifying it's horrifying and it's superfluous. It doesn't need to be that way, and that's why we got to a point where, that we are now, with more room to grow. But the only way we grow is by having discussions, rational discussions on one side of the fence and the other, not one side or the other, but one side and the other. You have to be able to have conversations. You know, when it came to uh, when it came to this this publisher of mine, um, there was actually one time. They they used to look at my statuses so critically that one time I wrote something in support of, of something they were doing. They were working on a project about autism, and they they had posted something. So I shared it on my Medics Mind page, and I said, "Hey, you know this this is you know kind of autism. This is this is great. You know there are many many misunderstandings about what this condition is, and there's lots of parallels uh, to people's misconception of mental health." And the publisher had such a critical eye of me that they. Like within two minutes of me posting this, they sent me a private message and said, uh, yeah, hey, um, just to let you know, autism is not a mental health condition. And I stared at the screen for a second and I reread my post to make sure I didn't make any typos. And there were no typos. There were no accents. I said, I I cautioned them. I said, um, maybe you should go back and reread it. Indicating to them that it was their reading comprehension that had failed them. Not my uh, assertion that autism is generally misunderstood as well as is mental health they are both misunderstood and given misconceptions and misjudgments and in that respect they are relatable to one another they're not synonymous with one another autism is not a mental health condition uh and and mental mental health is not by way of default autism right those things are not connected that way and my post never reflected that but and they came back and oh okay yeah sorry i I just misread (laughs) And, and it infuriated me because I'm like, listen, you, you spend so much time going through and looking at my post with such a critical eye. And, and if it doesn't fit the echo chamber that you reside in this, this utopian style idea of what the world should be, not what the world is, but what you think the world should be. And, and all of a sudden it falls out of line with that. Well, you know, you're not really marketable if you do that. You know, and I and so when they when they told me that when my publishing house told me that I wasn't really marketable with these posts, I curtailed them. I did. I, I reined them in and uh, and let them uh, let them try to market me. But then you know that didn't happen anyway because you know they just went on to a different project. So it really had nothing to do with marketability and everything to do with conformity to their viewpoint of the world. And that is the problem because if we have to conform to ideologue viewpoints, well then what's to stop? you know the the old blue collars uh, in the in the the first responder worlds from hard nosing progress towards mental health by just simply saying well yeah i guess you can't do the job you, you can't hack it you know you can't hack it if, if we if we just allow them to do that then it, just imagine how terrible that's going to be and that's where my uh, my my concatenation between uh oh politics and and my my medics mind podcast came into play here. You know, it's uh it's really it's it's dangerous. It's a really dangerous thing. You know, to to leave things unchallenged um you know, leaving things unchallenged is a guaranteed way to ensure one-sided stagnation of belief. And that's not progress. That's dangerous. And the other aspect of of this thing that I want to talk about is that when it comes to double standards, i.e uh, redefining what racism is or uh, you know allowing racism on one side of the fence because it's happening to a group that's perceived as privileged you're never going to attain equality that way because double standards will never equate to equality it just will it will not happen double standards are just that double standards and that's what we're living in right now both within the literary world uh you know on, on on respect to this stuff you know, Jordan Peterson, uh, like him or not. Um, I've read his book. I personally don't like his book. I personally, um, I think he's a very eloquent speaker and I think he's a very intelligent man. And I agree with a lot of the things he says, but I also disagree with a, a wide breadth of, of things that he says as well. And that's okay. It's okay to disagree with someone. And I've never once and will, I never will call for somebody to be canceled or censored. Um, in, in the name of my own subjective Personal belief and feeling I just I never will And but yet here we live in a place right now Where his publishing house Had employees within that publishing house Literally in tears uh, Talking to their publishing uh, Company saying you know He's a dangerous man he's dead And they were crying in this town hall meeting Because this publishing house was going to publish Jordan Peterson it's Jordan Peterson The man is Really not uh, the most overtly threatening individual in the world he really isn't uh and nothing w- of what he says is is really all that uh groundbreaking or earth-shattering i mean he makes some very valid and very great arguments and he also makes some very subjective and opinionated arguments and that's okay i mean i think everyone does that but you know here we are in a place right now where um we have we have these these interest groups, um, or these subjective publishers that try to, um, try to, try to promulgate something in the name of progress. And yet all it is, is partisan ideology. That's it. And, and partisan ideology is not progress. Partisan ideology is just that it's one sided think. And if you put yourself in an echo chamber, that is the only way you're going to think. And we are in current times where it is seemingly one side of the fence that is demanding that echo chamber. I mean, one need only look at the Gina Carano incident and and Disney um, and the the laughable stances they take in the name of progress, and and and, and you'll see just the inanity of it all. And and it's just kind of frustrating to me because. I, you know, especially as a writer, you know, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to put my work out there. I'm just trying to, uh, to have, have as many people see it as possible that I don't care about the politics of things. I don't care what the publisher's politics are, uh, what the, the publishing house generally, uh, does, you know, I, I don't care about any of that stuff. I have a lot of left leaning friends that, that we, that we disagree, um, on, on a, a multitude of different topics and I still consider them friends because you know it, there's nothing wrong with thinking differently and there's nothing wrong with having dissenting viewpoints and there is definitely nothing wrong with agreeing to disagree i mean part of therapy and dialectical behavioral therapy is 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 coming to the to the realization that two things can exist at the same time cohesively and and and, and we're currently at this point now where that's not okay. To, to think that way is not okay. It has to be one way or the other. And to me, that is uh, egregiously dangerous, and just it's not going to go anywhere good. And so I felt the need to come on today and talk about it. You know, I, I, feel like, um, I feel like it's pervading every aspect of our society. I mean, there's stories about Coca-Cola and stories about McDonald's hiring only a certain demographic of people. And it has nothing to do with the merit of, of a person's skill set. And it, it's just craziness, man. And, you know, when it comes to writing, you would think that the merit of, of somebody's work is the most important part. If I, get, if I get rejected because they just don't like my work, I can live with that, happily live with that and learn and grow from that. But I can't learn and grow because I'm not the right ethnicity. There's nothing I can do to change that. There's, there's nothing that I can do to fix or rearrange that. And there's nothing anybody can do to change or fix their, their genetic, uh, predisposition or their, uh, you know, they're just in gen- genetic, uh, birth uh, birth rights, because I mean, it's, it's, it, we didn't, nobody had a choice. I don't remember having a choice. I didn't fill out this, this thing saying, yeah, I'd like to be white. I'd like to be privileged. Um, I'd like to be male. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. Send me on through. I'll, uh, pop out the vagina and be happy now. Like, I don't remember, I don't remember that questionnaire being there somehow, I don't think that, you know, on the way down the fallopian tube, I had a, a, you know, an exit questionnaire, you know? So, I mean, to to base things, uh, policies and, uh, you know, um, company rule on those things, to me, makes no sense. And I I completely disagree with it. And because this is my podcast, I felt like I had to come on and let you guys know I disagree with it. (laughs) And So this is me disagreeing with it openly. Uh, and and just candidly just being completely naked with you guys letting you guys know how I'm feeling how things are going and that's it anyway I've rambled on for long enough this is A Medic's Mind the podcast and I will see you next week be well, be safe and above all else keep talking to each other journey with me in the mind of a medic oh, journey with me I'm a medic Cause that's my everyday